In a world of podcasts about movies, sci-fi, TV, and podcasts about sci-fi, TV, and movies, two women chose to add their voices to the fray. Two sisters. One woman was willing to go to any length to explain away plot holes and bad pacing. I don't think, first of all, much like the entirety of this film, I don't think we're supposed to ask a lot of questions. The other, though, had no such sympathies. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. Together, they joined forces to highlight the good, the bad, and the truly bizarre. This is See You Next Week in Space. So, Amy, were you ever much of a fan or are you a fan of competition shows? Well, uh, I was at a time. I definitely wouldn't say I am in tune with it anymore. I think there are that market has gotten saturated. Um, And uh, but, you know, the original American Idol. So you think you can dance. I, I sure yeah I liked it yeah I mean I'm trying to even think of the different ones that I know there's also isn't there like X Factor well X one? Factor and that started like I think you know overseas and we like stole an American version here um and then there's obviously um all the America's Got Talent all right. of those there's the Masked Singer there's the Voice there's I mean if we're talking just like talent competitions there that's that's those and there's probably more and then if we're talking about like other competition shows like cooking all that that then it's like I can't even I don't even know (laughs) yeah no I'm I'm just curious about the kind of talent competition situation oh this is reminding me I saw an ad for a show that is like a talent competition but also a game show so like People who... So you like spin a wheel and then sing a song while it's spinning? No, it's like people (laughs) are introduced and they're like, here is Aisha. And then the the game show part is that they have to guess what Aisha's talent is before she does it. That's weird. Yeah, I saw the ad for it and I was like, have we gone that far that this is like... They've lost all ideas. Yeah. and then what if they're like singer and she's like no dancer haha i don't totally I that's the thing is like i it, the premise itself sounded so weak i was like how does this show work and then i was like there's no way i'm and watching is it like it. supposed to be in <laughs> no but now i'm curious i gotta say because is it then supposed to be insulting because like if i went on they looked at me and they were like i get you look like you would be a clown I would be like <laughs> insulted <laughs> or something I don't know I can you know not no offense to clowns but like I if they guess something that I felt was like offensive to me then I would be like how dare you no yeah. I'm a magician yeah know. you know that's like uh someone like looks at you pensively and I don't mean you I mean like looks at the contensive contestant pensively and then like turns to the host and is like it looks like that person's talent is eating cockroaches. <laughs> right. Or like eating a giant thing of cake because that's what you look like. And like, 
or a vomit performer. Gross. Is that a thing? Yeah. I feel like it's setting people up. Okay, disgusting. I don't want to hear any more about that. (laughs) But the. Uh, it's setting people up like for example like the reason everyone was so enamored well people were so it was such a story with susan boyle was because her looks didn't match what her talent was right Right. people expected her you know she looked a little bit um matronly let's say you know there was nothing wrong with her look but she just didn't look like right she was going to come out with that voice but I feel like this show sounds like it could have the potential to be mean. <laughs> yes. Um, so, dear listeners, welcome to See You Next Week in Space. Uh, I am Sarah Walsh, and I am here with my co-host and sister Amy, as per usual. And the reason I thought we should talk a little bit about the talent competition reality show um, kind of craze, let's say, what like of the past 20 years right because like original american idol probably i think was like 2002 2003 or something i mean to be like perfectly um transparent i will say one of the very few in-person concerts i ever went to was the first season of american idol like the all-star concert show that they did i didn't know you went why (laughs) yeah i'm not sure why i did but Fair enough. I did. Um, and so the reason that we're talking about this is because the episode that we are going, the TV episode we're going to talk about today uh, revolves around a similar talent contest. Um, but now the purpose of the talent contest is for a very different thing than like winning 50 grand or a contract with a quote-unquote major music label or any one of the number of stupid awards that seem to um, be offered in response to these shows. Um, So, Amy, why don't you say what show we're talking about today? So, we're talking about a show called Utopia Falls, and it premiered last year, 2020, and my question is, is there more than one season? So it started in 2020, but is there more than one season? No, so no, or there, there is not. Really. There isn't more than one season as yet. Um, but I think, and I just want to refresh my memory. I think it shows on IMDb like um, like they haven't closed off. Like it isn't 2020 to 2020. It's just 2020 yeah. to question mark. So yeah. I'm fair. So it's for probably me- that they just couldn't like you know film last year right um so as of now it seems like uh there may be other seasons coming down the pipeline Mm. eventually Mm. um we'll see uh but yeah i think you're right to point out as well that prob since this came out in er like mid-february of 2020 all of this was filmed pre-covid and yeah presumably um if they had plans of starting shooting again sometime in 2020 i have to assume those plans got changed pretty dramatically um so basically the the series at the moment is a 10 episode uh collection on hulu that was released all on the same day as per usual with this sort of stuff um which it was actually released on valentine's day 2020 um and what we're going to talk about is the pilot episode, which is called The World is Yours. 
Um, which I should also say, like, one of the basic premise of the show, because now, uh, just before uh, we started recording, I watched a couple additional episodes of this show. Mm. And I think I'm glad I did because I think it will help me to explain some stuff. Uh, Good, because I didn't really know what the <laughs> shit was going on. And I was like, I'm going to just go with it. Um, but the kind of basic premise of the show is that we're living in a world of the future um, mm-hmm. about 400-ish years from now. Um, oh, did they say that? Did they say a year? No, they didn't say a year in the pilot. I only know this from oh, okay, one of okay. the other episodes I watched. Okay, okay. And um, the in the future, certain types of person... Well, really, this is also what I learned from a different episode. It's not clear from the pilot. Um, the world of the future, as portrayed in this show, is essentially that personal expression is not encouraged and is, in fact perceived as dangerous so nice that sounds fun yeah it's an interesting world (laughs) um and how this manifests and we'll talk about this in a second is that the main characters in this show discover hip-hop as a musical genre from the past and uh that of course hip hop in particular is very much about personal expression and then various like troubles ensue and so the reason i'm saying this all right now is because the world is yours um and all of like the episode titles of all the different episodes are riffs on or referenced references references to hip hop and rap lyrics um, oh, I love that. Yeah. What so, is the world is yours a reference to? Well, there's a couple different um, possibilities, but I'm thinking of a song that I'm pretty sure is called The World is Mine. Um, oh. But anyway, um, so that's kind of fun anyway for me. But mm-hmm. let's, yeah, I like that. let's talk a little bit and very briefly about the cast because um, this is a kind of um, fair, a largish cast overall um because yeah. this is about teens and teens competing in a talent competition so there's they have to have kind of a wide net of characters um yeah. and, but what will probably make talking about this fairly easy to do is that most of the people on this show um are like basically complete unknowns um mm-hmm. and that this is their biggest gig so far in their career. Yeah. Um so we'll start with I think probably one of the main protagonists of the story as a whole. The character's name is Aaliyah 5. Um and everyone has numbers rather than last names. Yeah, I didn't get what was happening there. Yeah, that's just that as of yet I do not know if that there's an explanation for that. Okay. Um, okay. So Aaliyah 5 is played by an actor named Robin Alomar, who was 24 uh, when this uh, series came out. And uh, this is pretty kind of true of most of the people that I'm about to talk about. Uh, she's very early on in her career. She only has six mm-hmm. credits on IMDb, and this is definitely like the biggest one uh, okay. to date. 
Um, Similarly, the other main character who's opposite Aaliyah 5 is Bodhi 2, played by an actor named Akiel Josh Julian, who is also 24. Um, This, I think, is also a show that, like, I think we've talked about shows like this before, where um, this seems to be a primarily Canadian production hmm. that mm-hmm. but that is meant to go to the entirety of North America. Yeah. Uh, because most of the actors are Canadian. Um so Akiel Josh Julian is Canadian. He similarly only has a handful of credits and that this is his biggest kind of break. Um okay. next there is Tempo 3 who is played by Robbie Graham Kuntz. Um, who I have no idea. It is unclear what age that person is. Um, he's also <laughs> Canadian. Um, and uh, like of the people in this show, he seems like someone who actually has a real dance background. Um, hmm. And especially, I think it was in the second episode, they have a little clip uh, or time in it where he's doing a dance and it you can tell it's really him doing it um which one is he he what does he look like he is the white guy with um black hair he's just kind of like regular handsome i guess i'd describe (laughs) him as Mm, i can't picture who that is (laughs) no he doesn't play a major part in this episode oh he's like Aaliyah's best friend Oh, okay. Like they're okay. from the same. Really picture. They're from the they're same, from the same sector, and they're like watching the selection together. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Got it. So he's an actual dancer, um, which becomes apparent when they feature various opportunities for him to dance. Um, okay. And in fact, he appeared on a Canadian dance show called The Next Step, which I'm not sure if that was like a talent competition or if it was just you know like here's a reality show about dancers. I'm not totally sure. Mm -hmm. Uh, Next, we have a character known as Brooklyn Two. Um, And I'm sorry to say, I just wish that the name Brooklyn for people didn't last the next four centuries. I'm not a fan of this name. Oh, rude. Shots fired. I guess. I mean, I don't know. There's something about it. I live in Brooklyn. (laughs) Yes, but Brooklyn as a name of a place. I'm like, fine, that's a place. It's whatever. But like, I have a bad association with people named Brooklyn. And this character does not change my mind on that is all I'll say. Oh, I can't. I don't even know which character this is. I really like truly don't know any of their dumb names. Uh, This is the lady who um, comes in late. late? Yes. Okay, got it. Uh, And she's sassy because, of course. Yeah. um, She's played by an actor. uh, What? I said she's from Brooklyn. She's sassy. Oh, well, yeah, true. Um, She's played by an actor named Humberly Gonzalez. Also not clear how old she is but based on the amount of credits and when she started getting them i think she's probably significantly older than the other people in the cast um she looked a little older and not because she looks bad but she just had a different mature vibe going on yeah now also just it's worth mentioning all of these people who are in their 20s are playing 16 year olds yeah 
they all are adorable and like very young and cute looking they didn't really look 16 to me right right um <laughs> and Humberly gonzalez is also canadian of venezuelan heritage um and has gotten a bunch of different like one-off tv appearances so she's the i think the most kind of like experienced as well and which is all why i'm hmm. like i think she's older than these other people yeah 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 um next we have brooklyn two's love interest sage five played by devin nakoda who is, seems to be the youngest of them all she's 20 um she's, that, that's the little uh nature girl yes um, yeah. she's Canadian as well. She also, um, like, uh, Tempo 3, she actually has a dance background. Um, and again, that becomes apparent through some various kind of featuring moments of her dance. Um, yeah. she is also probably the most recognizable of any of these people, um, Mm-hmm. because she's had credits go, her credits go back to 2014 and it, they include appearances um as a series regular in Degrassi the next generation did you ever know okay. about Degrassi junior high I know of it I've never watched it but I'm aware of it as a concept <laughs> yeah so she's in the uh it looks like an attempt at a reboot of that show Mm. Um, so of the various people in the mix, she's probably, um, someone that like, and presumably particularly a Canadian viewer would very much be like, oh yeah, I've seen that girl before. Yeah. Um, and then finally, and I'm only talking about the cast that is like relevant to this episode. There are other people who start being in the mix, um, in later episodes, but I'm just talking about who matters to this story so the final person yeah. is mags Two. mags is actually a nickname for magnus um and yeah. that's played by an actor now i'm not sure if he pronounces his name mikey or mickey um it's spelled m-i-c-k-double-e-y so you know I think there's a case to be made for either pronunciation. M-I-C-K-E-E-Y. Yes. Uh, so I'm just going to say Mickey, I guess, is how I feel comfortable going for that. Um, yeah. Mickey Nguyen, um, and he is another one of the older ones. He's 28. Um, he's also Canadian. God, so old. Well, like... 28 isn't old, but 28 might be old to be playing a 16-year-old. Yes, it is. (laughs) But that's all I'm saying. I'm not like, ew, you decrepit 28-year-old. Just, like, give up your life. (laughs) I'm just saying, like, this seems a bit of a stretch. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's literally very close to double the age. Yes. So so he's also Canadian, also seems to have a dance background, um, also only has, like, a handful of credits, and this is his biggest thing. So... So um, I guess the kind of takeaway here is that uh, this show is um, casting a lot of kind of unknown people. Uh, I'm into that. Yeah. And I mean, people that they I mean, it makes sense that they would want like if this is goes the direction it goes they want people who are in the dance world more so than they're just famous and they'll have to edit in some dancing. Right. And I think as well, like 
it seems to me that when you are doing a show that's about teenagers, um, you need to pick people who your audience hasn't seen a lot before um, because then and doesn't it, know that they're literally not teenagers. Well, because then it seems like they're young. Like I, this sounds kind yeah. of weird, but I feel like in general, like an actor starts seeming old, not so much based on the age that they are, but the length of time they've been in the public eye. Right. Like, so yeah, that's you, a good point. You can think like, oh, my God, how old is this person? I've been watching them forever. And then you're like, oh, they're only 42. But that's because or they're oh, they're only 20. And you're like, oh, my God. Well, yes. I mean, child actors is a, I would say is even like a different category. But like so, oh. uh, a good example is someone like Sandra Bullock. Right. Because she mm-hmm. has been very much like in people's faces as a successful actor since the mid nineties. And so you're like, okay, so that was the mid nineties. That's now like 25 years ago. So I don't know. She's got to be like 80. Yeah. But in fact, you're like, (laughs) oh, she's only, I don't like, I'm pretty sure she might be 50 at this point, but I'm not actually totally sure. So she's, wait, is she 60? No, no, that can't be right. Hold on a second. See, what are you this looking is, at? I'm looking at IMDb, so I just need to. I'm like, no, not, IMDb is. I'm not capable not of doing the math Wikipedia. on the go. She's 57. Oh wow! Yeah, okay, well, she's not a good example then. <laughs> yeah, I guess not. But you, that's. But I do. That's kind of what I mean. Is that sometimes people, because they've been around for a long time, you're like, oh, they must be, like pretty old but then you're like oh no they aren't it's just that they so anyway all of that is to say is I think sometimes when it comes to casting a show that's supposed to be about teenagers you need to get people who for the most part are not like name brand people because then yeah the audience is like yeah okay they that seems right they're a teen you know um and that seems to be the case here so Now we can move into talking about the episode itself, which um, is a pretty basic one, I would say. And like, when I finished watching it, I was like, hmm, I'm not sure if I like this show because the pilot is a pretty bare bones, like not a lot of super creative ideas in terms of science fiction. Like it seems to kind of just rehash quite a lot of stuff that is out there. Um, yeah. But as now that I've watched some other episodes, I have a bit more of a appreciation for what they're trying to do. So um, the show begins, instead of using title cards, now we have a voiceover, but it does the same work, um, yeah. which is to tell us the world that we are in. Um and the world is Earth, so that's good for you, Amy. I did like that, and I actually maybe didn't even hear that part, but I did, it felt at least like we were, yeah, it felt like we weren't in space, just flo- floating around. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't think she specifically says we're on Earth, but like, it becomes pretty apparent that's where we are. Um, yeah. And 
the the voice we learn that the voice we're hearing is actually Aaliyah Five's voice, and she starts out by saying that time is the greatest thief. I'm not totally sure what that's all about. Um, and then she mentions kind of a series of historical problems uh, that have mm-hmm. led to the creation of this new society. So she mentions something that she calls the Great Flash. Um, which I, I'm not entirely sure what that is, but in my mind, I feel like it's something maybe to do with like, um, like an EM pulse that makes like technology not work. Oh, I'm not okay. totally sure, but that's in my mind. Cause that's one of the things that they threaten could happen to us even now is that like the sun could have a solar flare and then that would literally knock out like all of our technology and then society would crumble. I did not know that. <laughs> Sorry to like ruin your that Saturday is, with that. That is, um, should we continue? Because everything suddenly seems futile. Well, no, we definitely have to because we have to enjoy all these technology juices while they're still <laughs> running. Um, oh man, wow, that is dark. I'm going to pretend you didn't teach me that. You, I would say this is like one of those facts that I learn like every couple months somebody mentions it and I'm like, oh yeah, that's a th- possibility. And then I just bury it deep down because I'm like, can't, can't deal with that. Um, she also mentions... I've literally never heard that before and well, I just, could have lived a lot longer never having heard it. Well, the, like I said, I encourage you to just forget you ever heard it. Um, yeah, I will. Then she mentions something that she refers to as the surface wars, which in turn leads humanity to moving underground for quite some time. Uh, so we that have that to look horrible. forward to. <laughs> yeah, this uh, this show is not winning points from from me yet with all of this, but okay. <laughs> and so out, like as she's narrating this, we're kind of like flying over uh, what looks like a mostly barren earth landscape. Um, and then we kind of zoom into this protected zone, like with a special like shield over the whole thing. Um, Mm -hmm. and she mentions that this is this place called New Babel. Um, and it had a very similar look to, did you ever see Black Panther? Have we talked about this before? Um, I have seen it, but, or I've seen parts of it. I've never, like, I can't, but I don't have, I don't have any recollection of it. Well, this was very, to me, so this is one of the other things that I would say, like, this episode kind of, um, made me be like, I'm not sure about this show. Cause like, there's just a lot of stuff we've seen before. So this is like, we're flying into mm-hmm. this protected zone and then we voom through the protective ver- barrier. And then we're in like this lush green like beautiful place and that's very similar to how they Mm -hmm. portray wakanda in black panther that because it's like protected from the outside world and so we blow into this now very cool place apparently called new babel um where she describes it as being kind of a place a society where everybody lives in harmony um and then there's like a picture of a like a poster, I guess, or something that says for state, for community, for all. So this is clearly like a message that people in New Babel get 
repeatedly throughout their lives. And she explains that um, 16-year-olds in this community, all 16-year-olds, I guess, I'm not sure, um, uh, compete to participate in something called the Exemplar, which is a talent competition that is designed to be a celebration of the founding of New Babel. Um, How strange. <laughs> which, yeah, I'm like, I, I guess. Like, it's just, I'm like, I mean, I suppose it's no less arbitrary than being like, we're going to celebrate the independence of the United States with fireworks. I mean, it, I true, guess it's just as, just as a random thing of like, we're going to do yeah. this. Um, That's true. And the other kind of important thing that we learn in her dialogue is that one of the things that the founder of this society, a woman named Gaia, uh, has proclaimed is that personally owned technology was part of why societies of the past fell apart. And so Hmm. in this society, nobody has personally owned technology. So like nobody has a phone, nobody has like anything. um, Oh my God, they should not call this Utopia Falls. They should call it, (laughs) this is my hell. (laughs) I mean, I know you got your phone very early in your life, but. um, Okay, that makes me sound like I'm a lot younger than I am. I was the first phone I got. Weren't you like 13 or 14? No. I was in high school. I was in high school. But like, to be clear, it was a phone that that was just a phone people. Yes, I know. (laughs) Yeah. But I think I was more like 15 and I was and it was like not something I could use or like it's very different than the kids today no i it's not like i'm not trying to say kids today but i am what i am trying to say is like um you remember a time pre-phone but all yeah, the same it was real boring yeah but like that's the that's the point <laughs> i'm trying to make is that you were one of the first people when phones did become a thing you were on to it um yes that's true so yes this would be a particular dif- particularly difficult society for you to be a part <laughs> okay well i mean yes me and all the other like many many other people that even older people who are addicted to their phones but like definitely like generation z forget it yes um and i i mean it's interesting to think we'll talk maybe a little bit more about this kind of the emphasis on community over individualism is like the main kind of thing here. Mm. Right. Um, Mm. and I think there's something to be said or like, maybe it's a message of like, because we we're definitely hearing these kinds of debates and discussions now, which is like, because we have personal devices, we are then linked into social media networks that simply amplify our already pre-existing ideas and like does that create division right like because Mm -hmm. if you're only getting news from one place you're inclined to believe these other things um and so i i think that's kind of like where this is coming from and Mm -hmm. so then finally we end up kind of in this like 
square or plaza and we see Aaliyah five for the first time and she's talking to some group of people and I guess what she's talking about is the reason for the exemplar and then she says like looking straight into the camera any questions and so now I'll turn that to you Amy do you have any questions so far about what's going on in the show Mm, no, I mean, I don't really know what's going on, but I don't have any questions, I guess. Fair enough. Um, but of course, that's the point is like she runs through this little spiel that everybody in New Babel would be like, check, check, got it, got it. But us as the viewer, we're supposed to be like, we've got a million questions. What's going on? Mm-hmm. I guess that's I didn't really even catch up, catch on to that, that she asked that. Yeah, so then we actually kind of go into following different members of the cast around. And the first we follow is Aaliyah Five, um, who from now on I'll just call people without their numbers. So Aaliyah is in this like central plaza in her sector, and we'll come Mm -hmm. to know what sectors are soon. Um, And what she's watching... That I definitely didn't understand. Yeah, so what she's watching is the communal screen in the plaza because you can't watch there's no personal device so like all information is coming from these communal screens that are up like all around the city um right and the screen is saying that the results of the exemplar tournament are soon to be announced um and so at this moment we're just like well we know there's a thing called an exemplar but we don't really know what that is then We go into what is referred to as reform sector. And what we start to learn is that this society has been divided up um, into different sectors that have different jobs or different like social functions. And um, not only are like, so these sectors are dedicated to certain types of pursuits, but also they are like in physically different parts of New Babel. So like reform sector is actually inside of a cave sort of thing. Um, Yeah. What does that mean? What does reform sector mean? Reform sector is like the prison place. That's what I was going to say, but I didn't want to assume that. Yes. That is weird. Yes. Why are these children in prison? (laughs) Yeah, good question. So I learned this by watching some other episodes. Um, Because the... So let me just say who's in reform sector, and then I'll explain, like, how you end up as a child in reform sector. So in reform sector, they similarly have, like, this central marketplace thing, just like wherever Aaliyah was, And Mm -hmm. we are introduced to the characters of Bodhi and Magnus, who Mm -hmm. have participated in the tournament and are awaiting their results for the exemplar. Um, And then they have a chat with some dude who's called Authority Taggart. Um, And Authority Taggart is the same as saying Officer Taggart. These are like the police of this society. And of course, because this is reform sector, a.k.a. prison sector, um, there's a bigger authority presence in this part of New Babel in comparison to the other parts of New Babel. 
Um, okay. And nonetheless, Authority Taggart seems to quite like both Bodie and Magnus, and they have like a nice chat. And he's like, this is great because I think, you know, if either of you guys get chosen to be in the select, in the exemplar um, competition, you would be a great example for the people of the sector. So mm-hmm. because we've just said that to participate in the exemplar you have to be 16 as you said amy how does a 16 year old end up in the prison sector of this society and apparently what i learned in another episode is that it sounds like typically children end up in reform sector because their parents do something wrong and so Like, so it's interesting because it sounds bad, but it's also like Like being born in jail, but kind of like, so let's say your parents are in whatever sector they're in and then they do something that's uh, considered a crime in this society. Your whole family unit will be then moved to reform sector. So on the one hand, you're like, well, that's better Mm. than our current maybe prison system because you're not separating families, which like this is a main uh, kind of issue in terms of prison reform is stuff about like, you know, when pregnant women are pregnant in jail and what happens to the kids once they're born and like all this stuff. Um, So on the one hand, you're like, well, I guess it's good that kids aren't taken away from their parents and then their parents just send them off alone And then these kids are like out in the world trying to do whatever. But at the same time, it's like, I'm not sure that it's great for kids to be sent to this. I mean, and also just to be clear, like this is the prison sector for sure. um, But it's definitely not quite as bad as what you might be imagining in terms of whatever that is, because it is meant to be like, people do their rehabilitation and then if that goes well they should be permitted to leave at the end of whatever kind of term they're staying in reform sector um and as well yeah. what i also learned from a different episode is that if you're a child who's ended up in reform sector because of the actions of your parents by the time you turn 18 then you're permitted to go wherever to any other sector that you want like um, as long as you've been behaving up until that time. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yes, I do think it's a bit strange. Um, I'm not sure that this is a great situation. And as well, like, as with the way the prison system works in our country now, I'm not totally sure that separating people out from the rest is like a Does recipe for... Success. Yeah. But nonetheless, this yeah. is how things are going in this place. Yep. Okay. Then we end up in a part of the city called Nature Sector, which seems to be the place where, like, the, all the agricultural stuff for the whole society is done. Um, and we're introduced to Sage and her parents. Her parents are these two older women that she refers to as Gran, um, and they're very kind of excited and proud of her for participate for being in the exemplar tournament. And they're fit, and they're like, "You'll get chosen for sure." And she's like, "I'm not so sure." Then we go to Progress Sector, which is where we discover that Aaliyah 
is from. She's in progress sector. Mm -hmm. And I think progress sector is supposed to be like science sector. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, And now we are finally tuning in on the communal screens to find out the results of the exemplar tournament. So just so that we can understand there's a competition to get into the talent competition. Okay. Like there's like <laughs> I a mean, there's like a first round. Yeah. That's yes. like a sal- Well, it's like the it's the original. It's like, you know, American Idol, folks. It's, you know, the original audition versus right when you get to Hollywood. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, this is totally and it, I guess it's meant to have that feel, which is like And what I'm not clear on is like if literally every 16-year-old in this society like like tries to go into it and then only some Mm. are picked i'm not sure quite how competitive it is um yeah but what we learn is that this is the 73rd exemplar talent competition um and tempo and Aaliyah are watching together to find out who has been chosen um it's pretty clear that tempo definitely has a crush on Ali- on Aaliyah, like a long-standing one that she doesn't seem to care much about. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and so then we're just like kind of plunking back and forth between these characters that we've already seen and been introduced to now um, to see who is getting chosen. And so Tempo, Magnus, Bodhi, and Sage are all selected. And then, of course, we have it revealed last that Aaliyah is chosen. Um, In the case of Magnus and Bodhi, the fact that they are both from reform sector is a very big deal because in the past, there's only ever been one candidate chosen from reform sector. So they are both apparently Mm -hmm. very good at what they do. Um, So... Then we are brought to a place called Tribunal Headquarters. This is the seat of government for New Babel. And each Mm -hmm. sector has a tribunal which represents them. And then there's also like, because I think it's like the president of New Babel is the one who makes the announcements. Hold on a second. Oh, yeah. Sorry. It's. Chancellor Diara is like the head, head, head of the government. And she's the one who makes the announcements of who's gotten into the Exemplar Academy is what it's called. Um, So at tribunal headquarters, we have Chancellor Diara and then all of the tribunals representative of the different sectors. Um, And this is also where we are introduced to someone who will be important in later episodes, a woman named Authority Phydra. Um, Mm -hmm. And she tells the tribunals that um, there has been some kind of breach to this like force field perimeter protection grid that they have. Um, And they're all quite shocked because this seems unprecedented. And I guess maybe it is. And Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. no sooner do we leave this meeting room, then we're in this bedroom. Um... And someone is laying in bed 
and some other Wait, because they say that the oh did you say that they said that the place has been breached did you say that yes oh <laughs> wow i no wonder i don't catch on to things i can't even <laughs> hear when people say things directly to me <laughs> um don't worry about it it's fine um <laughs> So, so this seems bad. We're not totally sure what this breach means, but everyone is concerned about it. Um, then, as I said, we end up in this anonymous bedroom and some two anonymous individuals who, even though I've now watched three episodes, this, whatever is happening in this scene has not been referred to again. So I don't know. Really? Yeah. I, like, I Whoa, assume, weird. I assume there's going to be a reveal at some point. But what if they never come back to it? <laughs> what if like they do, <laughs> they do like 10, they do 10 episodes and like they got to the 10th one and they're like, oh shit. We forgot. Did we have that. something where we like showed like someone getting kidnapped? Ah, eh, well, just fuck it. Don't, we're not going <laughs> to. Yeah. Save that for season two. Um, yeah. yeah. So it is like this kidnapping scene of someone, but we're not sure who. And that, as I said, is not revealed later in this episode, nor in the other episodes I watched. I also was just realizing. So everyone here will have to watch this this whole season if they want to know. What I also was just realizing is I I didn't pick up on it at the time, but I now I see having a taser is also personal technology. So this like so you shouldn't have that. Oh, does that so so personal technology applies to weaponry? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess it applies to anything that's technology, right? So, like, um, how would I put this? Like, imagine a world. So I couldn't have my Alexa. You couldn't have your what? I'm kidding. I thought Uh, I couldn't have my Alexa. Definitely not. No. Um, like imagine a world where. Computers and stuff, of course, still exist um, because you need them, but you would only use a computer at your office for the purpose of doing the work that you need to do on it. Um, Like in later episodes... It's like going back to the 90s. (laughs) Kind of, yeah. Um, Like in later episodes, they show people using tablets, but it's only ever in the context of doing work. It's not like I've got my Mm. tablet that I'm just playing a game on. I'm not looking at social media. Right. Um, Yeah. So anything that is technological is not meant for personal use. So um, like when they've shown people in their family homes... There is not technology in there. Like beyond, like now let's be clear here. Technology is not the sort of thing where it's like you can't have lights. <laughs> you know, like, um, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I understand. It's stuff that is like that you could use to do something. Gadgets. Yeah, yeah, that you could use to do something that feels like more like part of your personality rather than like I need to have running water. Because I mean, that's technology too, but like. Um, right. That's right. not. No, I get it. I that's know. not what is uh, limited or uh, to access. Um, yeah. I but get like, that. I would be in total violation of all this. I'm like staring at my. It's like I've got my microphone. I've got my laptop. I've got my phone. I've got my wireless speaker. I've got my big television. Like, I would be. Oh gosh. Totally cut out. They'd be like, "This is too oh, much." I mean, I'm sitting. Yeah, same. I'm sitting here with like. I've got like an external audio thing. I've got my computer. I've got a printer. I've got my phone. Oh yeah, I I've forgot got, even yeah. to talk about my printer. I mean, yeah, 
I, we're I don't know, out. that count? Like, yeah, no, I would get kicked out big time. And I'd be okay with it. Yeah. I'd be like, fine. Yeah. Let this me out. Society <laughs> doesn't seem great because as well, like everyone is in those really shapeless jumpsuits. <sighs> I mean, yeah, that part did, wouldn't bother me so much only because like, then there's no pressure to wear anything other than that. If the, like, standard uniform was, like, a tight, like, weird thing, I'd be more upset about that. Like, yeah. Like, this, like, big, like, the big shapeless, like, that doesn't bother me as much. I Like, it, look, I'm not saying I wish that the future was we're all wearing, like, lycra jumpsuits either. I don't want that <laughs> version of the future. Um, but... Like, especially now that I've watched a couple more episodes, it, it's like everybody from one sector has one jumpsuit that's like a, a color yeah. and a style yeah. and everyone has the same. And this is, again, that thing of like, you can't have personal expression. Like, everyone has to be the yeah. same. It does seem like in the future, there's there's always like a uniform though doesn't it like i feel like that's yeah. a thing in sci-fi is like whether the uniform be tight whether it be baggy whether it be like matte or whether it be sparkly it's some type of uniform it doesn't seem like people are wearing their own clothing yeah well is i that, think you know what i mean which is yeah odd. yeah i mean i think there's a couple reasons for that because oftentimes when we're watching uh, depictions of the future you might be focused on a particular group like the police or the military or yeah. whatever so you you might already be in a world where people just wear uniforms wear uniforms so that's yeah. fine like even star trek it's starfleet that's like not technically a military body but it you know it's a uniform world um whereas if you yeah. were so there's that part of it i think as well yeah uh, just from like a practical standpoint, if you're doing this show or this movie, what could, I mean, it's so much easier for costuming if just everyone's basically wearing the same thing. Oh, well, yes, for costuming, yes. <laughs> I mean, I don't know that that's always why the decision gets made. I'm sure that most of the time there's actually like, oh, we want this uniform look because of a story reason. But I think as yeah. well, there it's it could be equally true that to some degree it's like, well, we can just do this and it's easier and it costs less if we're just yeah. We want to spend same. our money on the explosions and right. on the visual effects, and we'll just put these numbskulls in the same outfit. <laughs> well, and especially like up until relatively recently, like science fiction was not like the thing you were going to make money at. That was like, mm. people were like, oh, this is like some bullshit thing. That's crap. It's not so like you. And they weren't wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so you had to like make your budget stretch. So I think that's also part of it yeah. as well as like, there's like the look that you want to, and also that you want like a look of the future. And so it's so much easier yeah. to do that. If you're kind of like, if everybody's basically wearing the same thing, then we can indicate this vision in a way that's much harder yeah. to do if everyone is wearing their own shit. Fair enough. So they wear these shapeless jumpsuits. <laughs> and I mean, I'm not kidding. They are super shapeless. Um, yeah. So we also should talk a little bit about um, this interchange that Aaliyah has with her dad 
after she's selected mm -hmm. to participate in the exemplar competition, which means she's going to be moving into the exemplar academy. Um, so they're talking, talking. He says how proud he is of her. Um, and then they're talking about this absent mom, um, which at the time I presumed they were referring to her as though she was dead. Um, and then as you'll see in my outline, my question is, do you think she's really dead? Uh, and do we have any reason to believe she's not? She's the one who got kidnapped. She's the one who got kidnapped or maybe she's the one who breached the perimeter. Yeah. What did they say about her? I don't remember what they said about her, though. I don't remember. They're that just talking lovingly, as is often the case of like, you know, the dad is like, your mom would be so proud of you today. Blah, 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 oh. blah, blah. And then, um, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> you know, um, but like because of the nature of me having watched so many of these shows, I'm like, they are really laying this dead mom thing on like very thick. And it almost makes me wonder is she really dead or is she gonna she's show totally, back up <laughs> she's totally the either kidnappy slash kidnapper yeah. that's my prediction yeah I, my feeling is that she is the one who somehow breached the perimeter and then something for some reason god knows what yeah um so then we see Bodhi and magnus saying goodbye to their kind of, well, they're both orphans, I guess. So they're not saying goodbye to parents, but they Sad. are saying, well, it turns out this orphan thing is more of a thing in this community than you would imagine because Sage is so, also. So do orphans just get sent to reform? No, like I said, guys? like I said, they get in there, kids get in there because they go with their parents. And then in the case of Bodhi, at the very least, his dad dies and so oh, then he's wow. left alone as okay. an orphan in reform sector. And it's, and I don't, I have, I have yet to learn what Magnus's backstory is, but he doesn't appear to have parents okay. either. Um, okay. And that's why um, this person named Moore uh, shows up and it, he's like their father figure of a sort um, but he and a, yeah, yeah, he's the one who's wearing like a baseball cap, but there's no front to it. Yeah. That's not a baseball cap. I don't know what that is, but it's like actually another thing that's like kind of a nineties style, which is funny. Yeah. Um, and maybe it might be a nod to like hip hop because I think so. I feel like, I feel like it's like a 90, it's almost like a look that I feel like nineties. Yeah, anyway, I know. Yes. Yeah. Not. But like to me, it actually now that you're saying that it reminds me of like a brief time in 90s hip hop when you would wear your baseball cap, but like upside down on your head so that the inside would be on the outside and then the bill would look very strange. Yeah. Well, you mean like like totally inside out, like right. you would take it, flip it inside out. So right. the bill is kind of sticking up. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that would be funny if that's what he was wearing. <laughs> I, it would be a different look for sure. Um, <laughs> but anyway, he like sends off Bodhi and Magnus and is like, you know, do us proud, whatever. Uh, then we arrive at the Exemplar Academy, which is where we learn that a total of 24 kids have been chosen, uh, but there will only be one winner at the end of the day. 
Uh, this is where Brooklyn 2 like busts in late and everyone was like, who's this sassy lady who's running in late? Um, yeah. And from that, they're we're, like, she's pretty. We'll get over it. Yeah. But also like we're like, oh, she's the rebel of the group because she just shows up late. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then we're introduced. And she was like, sorry, I missed my bus. I feel like that's what she said. Yeah. She like, was the like, the bus was running late. Yeah. Her transport. The bus? Aren't we in the future? <laughs> <laughs> Why do we have to ride on a shitty city bus where, still 400 years? Why are we years? running late? <laughs> Yeah, why are we running late on a bus in 400 years? Damn. That, fair. That's a fair question. Um, oh, yeah, this is where I first write down the phrase, unflattering jumpsuits as future clothes. Um, Except for she had a very singed waist on well, hers. Well, see, this is what I have also now noticed in subsequent episodes, is that the women in this show... Everyone's wearing the jumpsuit, but it seems the women often are wearing belts uh, of yeah. their own choosing and have often done other things to the jumpsuits to try and indicate their style. Um, yeah. So I, I don't know if this will come up in later episodes, but that in and of itself is not like that's not really in line with this whole like you're not supposed to have personal expression. Right. Like. Yeah. So anyway. Um, and this is also when we're kind of introduced to the whole concept of like how each person represents their sector and they're going to compete against each other and they're at this special academy that's going to help them compete. Um, it's very Hunger Games. I'm not sure if you ever watched the movies of that. I did. Not all of them, but I know the I know the gist. Yeah. So it was like very Hunger Games. And that's why I was like, mm-hmm. am I is this show just like a rehash of that? Um, but they start it, like dance murdering each other. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually that be actually great. would be funny. <laughs> um, so then they dance. Wait, wait, this is the show. They dance murder each other and then they have to go to witch's court. <laughs> oh, man. Dance murder witch's court. What could be better than that? But that could be like witch's oh, court man. and ghost court because the murderee can come back as a ghost and speak to their experience of being oh, dance murdered. God. Oh my God, TV writers of the world, we are doing your job. I mean, clearly the the current wave of a lot of shows I've seen is like, let's just do everything all at once and In see one. what happens. <laughs> um, so there's no reason not to have dance murder, which is ghost court. Like, it's- I, I mean, there's really not. Come on. <laughs> um, it seems like a no-brainer. Yes. Uh, I will say that is a nice... I find this show significantly lighter than Hunger Games because of how there isn't murdering and that it's just a dance battle. Um, yes. I prefer yes. that, I think. Um, mm-hmm. So then the like main guy who's responsible for leading them through this competition and their time at the Academy is like, and here's the shocker because you're going to do your first <laughs> performance 10 minutes from now. And everyone's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I just Ugh. got here. Um, what am I supposed to do? And so then they like are all kind of milling around to prepare themselves for this performance. And this is when Aaliyah and Bodhi meet each other. Specifically, they bump into each other because they're both kind of like in their own world. And I will say, like, I was not much of a fan of Aaliyah in this episode because um, they... she's 
so dramatic about this yeah. whole I, I i truly felt like i missed something i was like why is she so mad yeah they immediately get pissed at each other for bumping into each other and refuse to apologize and but like Aaliyah in particular seems like really in a snit and i'm and i think maybe yes. it's because Bodie, oh that's what it is he says like oh aren't you the tribunal's daughter which is true um and that like sends her into some like new level of anger that to me was surprising um yeah but again like we need this conflict for the show to continue moving um and i guess it's sort of accurate in the sense that like 16 year olds are not good at controlling their emotions so yeah that checks true, out <laughs> um but i even i i was like whoa this came out of nowhere oh, wow. um yeah so then we actually then see this kind of what we're meant to think and it, it seems pretty clear this is what the kids think as well is that this is like kind of a showcase to be like oh look we're all here like we're going to show each other our talents um and then it kind of cuts through a variety of different people all performing the same song um mm -hmm. but performing in the sense that like so in this competition this talent competition you can sing you can dance or you can play an instrument so there's like a series of different people we see some of them dancing to the song we see some of them singing the song we see some of them playing the song on different instruments um mm -hmm. and i gotta say the song to me was pretty boring yeah it was well, it was very to be honest i mean it was accurate because it was very like singing competition songs yeah <laughs> sounding. that's true but yes and then i but also yes, at this part and i still kind of think this now um to me it seems pretty clear that the actor who plays Aaliyah is definitely not a dancer oh really oh because they i can't remember i know they showed her like uh it, um dancing and like in her own apartment or something like at home yeah and they um, showed her, they uh, showed her with like backlighting and like from like behind. So you, you definitely don't see her face. Right. And in this little interchange, they mostly were just showing her from kind of like shoulders up and her moving her arms and stuff. Oh. Um, or similarly with like a lens flare where if you saw her whole body, it her face was kind of not totally yeah. available to be seen um whereas yeah. it was very clear like i said those two people sage and tempo who come out of a dance background they were really like right up close showing like this is them yeah. doing it um yeah and i the thing that i don't understand about this choice is if you wanted to cast this actor who is not a dancer then just make it looked like she's good at some other talent. Like, right? It does. It isn't essential. I feel like singing is an easier dancer. one to fake. Yeah. Um, or even fake play an instrument. You can get away with that yeah. so much more easily. I feel like. Yeah, it's um, true. But it's. I mean, this is a pretty standard thing in anything that's a dance. <laughs> movie or tv show is oftentimes they pick someone because they're like well we like how they act and then we'll just like 
quote unquote, make it look like they can dance. But yeah, the problem is, is like, I'm like, but you can't make it look like they can dance. Like, that's really hard to do. Well, it's just obviously, especially if you have like the, if you have, if none of them could dance, let's say, and they shot them all the same way. They did all backlighting. They did all like long body shots from far away. But if you do that with some people and then all of a sudden you're showing the next one a close up where it's clearly them, that's when it feels like I think it gets out of whack. Yeah. Yeah. But so we get through this little montage of different kids doing different performances. And then, Amy, what was the reaction of the mentor guy once the performances were over? Well, actually, that's thank you for stopping and asking me because it um, as someone who did do performance based things for a period of time and went to uh, a BFA program in college. Um, it reminded me of many performance classes I've been in. <laughs> in what <laughs> because, way? Oh, my favorite story. Well, that that's m- the most in line with this. My favorite is my sophomore year of college. It was a musical theater performance class. The teacher is notoriously very sassy and says like mean stuff to people and we all got up and sang like one at a time he didn't respond he didn't react to anybody's like he just was like I want to see you all and then I'll give you feedback together so we did that we did what basically what they did in this show and then he he stood up (laughs) oh god it made me laugh so hard but he stood up in front of all of us looked around and was just like hmm y'all are pretty bad (laughs) (laughs) and like I just remember thinking like I know that's supposed to hurt my feelings right now but it was so funny that I just like I just laughed so hard and that is what this part does remind me of because the um, mentor guy gets up and is like wow and at first and that's the thing he says it in this very slow way so at first everyone is like oh that wow was a positive wow yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Which is what I feel like a lot of these types of people do. Yeah, they'll be like, 100%. "Wow, yeah, that sucked." <laughs> so that's basically what he did. He's like, "Wow, that was not great, guys." And he's like, "And and there's only three people here today." I don't know. I don't remember how he said it, but he said it like he's like, "There's only three people I want to call out." So and so, so and so, and so and so, come up to the front you guys were the worst. Yeah. So, and that's the thing is like these three dumb schmucks at first are like, Oh, I'm getting like praised. But then it's like, no, you of, of this extremely mediocre thing that I just saw, you were the worst. You were the worst at it. (laughs) So uh, fuck you very much. Please leave. (laughs) And that's right. And so three kids get cut immediately and everyone else who's left is like, this is shocking. Um, I think as well, this is like something, how do I put this? Cause like I, there's a similar dynamic like in academia as well sometimes of like, uh, trying to scare you at the start of something. Mm -hmm. Cause I remember when I started graduate school, one of the common phrases that my teachers would say is like, 
oh yeah, um, it's like a well-known thing that two years from now, half of you won't be in this program anymore, you know? And you're like, Jesus, like, oh God. That was, I mean, that was the for sure tactic in our program and it was supposed to weed out people who were not thick skinned. Yeah. Um, and cer- certain teachers and professors took it to a whole other level. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So this yeah. is like. I thought, it, I always thought it was funny. Yeah. I it didn't ever really hurt my feelings. No, I had a similar reaction to these kinds of threats because I guess they are threats um, that instructors and people have said to me. I'm all, I take it always as like, well, maybe these other dumb shits won't be here. I'll be here, though. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like, I'll be bad right in your face the whole damn time. <laughs> like, um, So anyway, these kids leave and everyone else is like shocked. Um, and then we kind of end up in Sage's room. They all have really nice rooms in this academy. They, yeah, they did. And that seems fake. <laughs> and they all had like rooms of their own, which I was like, oh, I thought they were going to be like forced to do like dorm style where at least two of them were in rooms together. But they all yeah. get their own room. And so we end up in Sage's room and Brooklyn barges into the room uh, uninvited because that's apparently her thing. And <laughs> she starts like actually kind of harassing like this episode to me was hard because like everybody seemed like super over the top, vaguely unpleasant. Um, well, they're 16 year olds. You remember? Yeah, true, <laughs> true. Um, and what's especially unpleasant to me is that Brooklyn starts like kind of prodding Sage and, and basically is like, you're adopted. Right. And um, Sage gets her hackles up immediately as I would too. Cause like, I feel like people are kind of weird like this about adoption, like the like that being adopted is somehow like a bad thing or something you should be embarrassed about or whatever. Um, and and Brooklyn in particular, because she's like, you were given up by your parents, right? You were put into the like communal crash, right? And well, that's mean. It's also just mean. <laughs> I just was like, what is this? What is this tactic you're doing? I thought you. <laughs> liked this girl or something but like, yeah um but in the midst of this weird interchange they both realize that there is this invitation sitting on the table in sage's room and they both kind of like have a look of puzzlement and we cut then to Aaliyah's room where she has also received the same invitation and we learn that this is an invitation to like a secret party but also secret woods party yeah see i mean teens love a secret woods party and i speak from experience gotta love a secret woods party (laughs) personal experience tells me this rings true for a 16 year old (laughs) um but like the key to the, the reason so like the way that they're enticed to go to this party is they're like if you come to this party you're gonna have an edge in the exemplar competition because hmm it's not just that this is a party. The party is out in the woods beyond the borders of New Babel, which you're not supposed to do. You're not, like, supposed to go uh, out. That seems suspect, but okay. Yes, and immediately, so Aaliyah and Tempo are in her room, and Tempo, who is her best friend, who hopes to be her boyfriend at some future date, is like, don't do this. This is definitely just another trick, just like how we saw those kids just get cut. Like, this is a way... 
that they're mm-hmm. gonna be like everyone who like people are gonna slink off to this anyone party. Anyone who went, you are cut. Yes. So he's like, don't yeah, do it. I agree with that. I mean, it's a it's not a crazy thing to assume that's what is happening. Um, yeah. But needless to say, uh, Aaliyah and a handful of others decide that um, they are going to go to this event. Um, mm-hmm. And so then we f- arrive at like kind of nighttime. Uh, Aaliyah, who is it? It's um, Magnus and Bodie, Sage, Aaliyah, and Brooklyn all are sneaking out and kind of bump into each other in the woods. Um, mm-hmm. And then they start walking toward the like destination where they're supposed to be. And what do they discover? I don't know. Just a party. <laughs> like nothing, oh. nothing weird or like scary or anything. It's just a bunch of the kids from the Exemplar Academy having a party. Like they're all dancing yeah. in the woods. Um, and what's weird about this is like, so then all the kids are dancing. Um, there's a very intense part where like Sage is talking to Magnus, but she's like completely eye fucking Brooklyn and to the degree that Magnus is like, I'm going to go let you her. go talk to her. <laughs> like, yeah. you're clearly uninterested in talking with me. Um, but I just don't get this because I'm like, that girl was just so rude to you earlier today. Like, you've gotten over Some that. Some people like that. I don't know. I mean, okay. Some also- people like that. And I think it's supposed to be like, the, I think the dynamic there is supposed to be like, well, what do I know? I don't actually know, but I imagine it's supposed to be like she's super young. She's not really like sure of herself yet. And her, you know, this girl seems very confident and right. she's like attracted to that confidence, even yeah. if she is kind of like bitchy in her confidence. Yes, I think that's right. So that happens. And then Magnus and Bodhi are kind of like standing to the side. And Magnus is like, look, um, soon we're going to be participating in like a group like competition thing like we're all going to be grouped together and Mm. we want to have Aaliyah because she's really good but Aaliyah and you had this fight earlier so you have to apologize to her so that we can get her on our team later and Bodhi Mm -hmm. is like I am not apologizing to her (laughs) she was rude (laughs) and he's like no come on you just like gotta do it so finally Bodhi's like okay fine so he goes up to her in the midst of the group and is like, hey, man, like, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, like, get things off on the wrong foot. And, like, accept my apology. And she's like, okay, fine. And things seem to, like, kind of calm mm-hmm. down for a short second. But then Bodhi mm-hmm. is like, but also you should apologize to me. And she's like, And she's like, for what? For? what? <laughs> Hell no, not happening. <laughs> and, again, I was like, what is your damage, Aaliyah? Like, you were kind of a bitch to him. So, and he did just apologize. So just, like, what's the harm in saying, like, I'm just sorry, too? Just sorry. Um, but yeah. instead of that, she refuses, which makes Bodhi angry. So then he shouts at her about how <laughs> she's the tribunal's daughter, and so she feels like she's better than everyone else. And then Aaliyah storms out of the party into just the woods, in general <laughs> it's um, very hard to storm out of a woods party it's yes <laughs> if you you can't really storm out of a place that doesn't have walls 
I would say. Yeah. Like, yeah. and particularly if you really want to have an effective storm out, there needs to be a door that you slam. You gotta slam a door. Yeah, like especially as a 16-year-old girl whose dander is yeah. up. Like, if there's not yeah. a door to slam, what are you even doing? Um, and like, and if you could, you could try to slam it multiple times. Oh, for sure. Like, I hate you. <laughs> slam. I hope you die. Yeah. Slam. <laughs> yeah. I wish I'd never reference, been You born. could reference. Slam. If, if an, yeah. If anyone wants a movie to reference, you can reference Superstar starring <laughs> Molly Shannon. That's one of my favorite door slamming moments in a movie. So, um, so anyway, like this fight that they end up having truly stops the whole party like everyone's standing there like woof that went weird and was intense (laughs) and so Bodhi then follows Aaliyah into the woods where they continue to fight with each other um and in the midst of this fighting Aaliyah sees like a weird kind of shining light over Bodhi Bodhi's shoulder and they start walking toward it. And as they're doing it, Aaliyah's like, I feel like I've been to this spot in the woods. And Bodhi is like, there's no fucking way. Is she way. named Aaliyah? I just realized, is she named Aaliyah because of Aaliyah? Probably. Okay. I think. Um, yeah. So she's like, I'm pretty sure I've been here before. And Bodhi is like, you can't have been because this is beyond the borders. Like, it's definitely not permitted I can't imagine any circumstance where you would have been here before. And she's like, I don't know. I just have mm-hmm. this feeling. Um, and so then they like get, they continue to walk into this like clearing or whatever. And all of a sudden they get to a position where what looks like a big old boulder turns out to be a hologram of a boulder over a hidden door. Ooh. Yeah. Um, and so then they walk up to this hidden door and there's like a keypad or like a, yeah, like an access pad is maybe a better way to say it. Um, and Bodhi touches it first with his hand and nothing happens, or I think it turns red and makes like a crack, like a squawk that's like mm-hmm. not correct. And then Aaliyah touches it with her hand and then the door opens Ooh. and then like describe what they find when they go through this door. Oh, I'm not sure I can describe it. I just know that Snoop Dogg's voice starts to play. Yeah, so they go into this underground cave sort of thing, and the cave has all these bookshelves along its walls, and the bookshelves hold, um, like there's an old-timey Mac iMac screen and there's an old jukebox and there's a bunch of old books and there's like oh I forgot um a globe and there's some artwork um but basically it it's pretty clear that all of this stuff is old yeah um and old like from the old world that they're not supposed to know um yeah and so they're looking around and Bodhi is kind of like what is this place and then Aaliyah says it reminds me of the library that we have in the progress sector and as soon as she says library it's like bing and a voice comes on and says choose your subject and they're like what and then the voice like explains that it's called archive and it can show or play them anything they like. And he's saying, like, well, 
I shouldn't use he pronouns for an archive because it's not a he, it's an it. Um, archive. Exp- but it's Snoop Dogg's voice. Isn't it, it is Snoop Dogg's voice, which I loved. I yeah. was like, because it, it took yeah. me like a second. I was like, wait a second. And then I was like, well, I saw his name. I saw his name in the credits at the beginning and I was like, what? But then when I heard this voice, I was like, that's got to be Snoop Dogg. Yeah. So the archive it says it has all this like stuff that it can show or play them. And then mm-hmm. I think it starts like saying it's like, um, you know, films, blah, 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 history, whatever. And then it says music. And because they're in this talent competition for music, they're like, yeah, play music. And then he, the archive says, well, we have all these different types of music and they select hip hop. And then um, the archive can play things, but can also show like on I don't even know how to describe this. I guess this is what the future is going towards for us, where it's like, you're not going to see something on an actual screen. It's like the thing is going to be projected into the air and you can watch the images. Um, Mm -hmm. And it has a lot of images associated with hip hop. And then uh, the archive and the voice of Snoop Dogg is explaining what hip hop is. And then, like, the final bit is Notorious B.I.G.'s Juicy starts playing, which is one of my true all-time favorite hip-hop songs and songs in general. And so it's like, it was all a dream. Um, And then the show was over. And I was like, woo, now this show, which was kind of boring for the previous 43 minutes, just got real interesting to me. (laughs) That's a rude way to go, by the way. Y'all, if any of you, again, if any of you TV writers are out there, like if you could not make it boring for 43 minutes, make it like interesting for one and then cut it off. That's not a nice way to go. I mean, I do understand the purpose of a cliffhanger ending. And I think the age of streaming and binge watching has made that more of a way people do their writing. But at the same time, I'm like, you know, but if you are writing for a binge watching purpose, a cliffhanger doesn't even mean anything anymore because you just go to the next, you immediately can watch the next episode. So that's true. I'm not really sure why you would do it that way, but um, people continue to do it just for like, just to continue the binge yeah. cycle. Cause if, cause think if, if it had ended two minutes before, you would have been like, maybe I don't need to watch that second episode, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, I certainly understand why in a streaming world you want to have maybe um, an enticement from the first episode to make someone keep watching. Fair enough. Yeah. But I do think that I would have appreciated like a little less exposition in this episode sure. and a little bit like just even a little bit more time in the archive yeah like to be like oh you know like okay now i get what this show is maybe gonna try and do for the rest of the season yeah um yeah because because i definitely didn't understand the hip-hop the the connection you said at the beginning i definitely did not understand that from this episode no well that's what i was just about to say is this kind of this distinction that personal expression is not encourage and in fact is considered dangerous in this world you don't even get that until episode two or three like yeah I did I did not get that it was real I mean it was implied in a lot of ways but it like yeah I think that was to me one of the downfalls of this episode is like some of that could have been made a scotch 
more obvious, I think. And then give me like, literally, it wouldn't have even had to be that much more, but like, give me like the final five minutes of the show in the archive and then find a way to like make me want to watch some more. Like that would have been fine. Find a way way to make me want to watch more of your dumb show um (laughs) but now that I've watched a couple more episodes I'm like okay this does seem like it is a little bit more interesting than what the pilot episode made me think it was going to be um Mm -hmm. and it definitely seems like Aaliyah's mom is gonna like surface (laughs) at some point she's gonna be that freaking kidnapper I'm I'm interested to know if that's what happens oh yeah I think oh but who would she be kidnapping Don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Whatevs. Um, so, uh, oh, okay. There was one last question I just thought of as a result of watching this. Do you feel like from all the different stuff we've watched for the podcast, do you think that it's a fairly common trope to portray the future as a world where like individualism has been categorized as a bad thing yeah well like with the with the um outfit stuff that we were talking about i think that's one way um yeah i do yeah i just wonder why that is such a common well, because, theme well it's yeah because i think it's funny because because our country <laughs> is I'm so curious funny about, to hear how this sentence ends. <laughs> I know. Well, because we have, especially right now, we're in a place where, like, we talk about anything that's, like, for the greater good yeah. or for the good of everyone. And immediately we're, like, evil, socialism, horrible, hate True, it, yeah. Or some people are. Yeah. And we're so um, entrenched in this. And I got this from mom, if I'm being honest. I had a conversation with her about this. But we're so entrenched in this, like, cowboy, rugged individualism. Right. I must be my own person, and I'm going to pull myself up by my bootstraps, and I'm going to do it my own way by myself. Um, And I do think, you know, I think we like to focus on things, like, in terms of future-y things that scare us. Like, we, we love an apocalypse type of thing. Yeah. And by we, I mean everybody um (laughs) and but so i think the idea of that individualism being taken or uh compromised or even illegal is like so horrifying to people that Mm -hmm. it's uh fun to watch (laughs) yeah i mean i think you're right i don't know maybe that's just an american thing though i'm not sure well i think it is i mean certainly the u.s has a particular kind of cultural adulation of individualism that is different from other cultures just as many things are um but i think in a more broad sense one of the true conundrums of being a human being is the tension between the individual and the group, right? Like, yeah, what do, what do I want to do and what, how do I feel like I want to live my life and does Mm -hmm. that or can that fit into 
the society that I also do need to some degree, like, yeah. um, because otherwise I then cause if I didn't have the society, then I really would be someone who's like striking out on my own and having to do literally every single thing for myself. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it's just like a PSA for everybody. Like everybody needs other people. <laughs> I saw that somewhere like online recently where someone was like, you, you know, it's not weak to say you need other people. Like everybody needs other people. Right. And that like, you don't necessarily need to be like a super, like per, how would I describe it? Like you don't need to be like, I'm doing everything as a collective and there's no identity, but for the group, like we don't have sure. to go to that level, but like, it's no. also true that like, not everyone needs to learn how to do everything for themselves and um right human societies of all sorts are built on the notion There's... that some people are like going to be good at some things and other people are going to be good yes. at other things and that together you are able to like do all the we things make it work yeah yeah um, like there there are so many things i will never be able to do and i don't plan to even try <laughs> So, like, if I was here alone on this earth, it would be it, rough. It, it would be rough, and I would die very soon. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I just, I guess I think it's interesting that the kind of, that it's a very common uh, thought about the future in science fiction yeah. that the future is going to be this place where community and or conformity is demanded over all other types of ways of being. Um, and that the reason that's so is because it's this response to a period that is in the past, a.k.a. our present, of like too much individualism, right? And that mm -hmm. that was bad or corrosive in a different way, and we can't have that, right? Um, so anyway, I mean, I've been enjoying kind of watching a bit more of this. And of course, like to me, the fun of it is that hip hop, um, and rap and stuff like songs that I like are being used in cool ways. Um, yeah. And that is a major, it seems like that will go on to be a much bigger part of how the show works, um, precisely because, um, those genres of music are super, super committed to personal expression. That is the reason yeah. that they exist. Um, and so the kind of story is being set up to where it's like, there's approved music and unapproved music. And if you don't do the approved music, then you're considered a subversive because you're not supposed to be privileging your experience over the communal experience of New Babel is like the kind of overall premise that's being explored in the show. Uh -huh. So in terms of yawns and eye rolls, as always, um, yawns we will start with and yawns, one yawn is I got into this and it was good enough to engage me for 45 minutes. Um, <laughs> and 10 yawns is like, oh no, it was too slow moving. It didn't have much enough going on. Um, I would say I'd give this like a solid three. Mm -hmm. I had, 
like no particular problem with it, but I, you know, may have strayed my eyes a few times. (laughs) Yeah. I think for me, I would give it like a right down the middle five because of what I said earlier of like, you didn't need to do quite so much exposition for so little kind of payoff at the end. I I would have preferred a slightly different balance on that score. So I'll give it a five. Um, in terms of eye rolls, I roll, one eye roll is nothing seemed too weird or too futury or too nuts to me. Um, and 10 eye rolls is like, it was all too futury, too weird and too nuts. Um, I'll go, I'll go like three again. I feel like. Okay. Yeah. I, I might even go like full one because there was nothing particularly this episode to me felt like a lot of very safe very stable very established sci-fi kinds of elements so like as i Mm -hmm. said the jumpsuit thing seen it a million times the competing for the glory of your community thing seen a bunch um even the idea that people have numbers rather than last names that's a pretty well-established kind of situation as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of it to me just felt like there is nothing here that is kind of unique unto this story, which initially really irritated me until the end. So I'm going to give it a one. Um, and then the final question, as always, is... Uh, well, it's a combo platter as usual. Did you like this and would you recommend it? Yeah, I liked it fine. Um, would I recommend it? I don't know. Probably not. Okay. I mean, it would depend. Like, there would maybe be a caveat. Like, just know it's like annoying teenagers. You got to get through the pilot episode. You never sure. find out who gets kidnapped, but it's okay. (laughs) You might have to watch a lot of episodes to get that answer. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think I would say that I liked this strictly this episode. I liked it. Okay. Um, and I've liked the other episodes more. Um, and then in terms of recommending it, yeah, I think I would say you probably need to like hip hop to like enjoy this i think Mm, yeah um but like to me that's not a major caveat that's just like a little like you're probably not gonna appreciate this as much if you're if it's not a genre you particularly care about yeah because it's like a major component to the story that's all yeah yeah i agree well, I still am glad, though, that you didn't actively hate it as some of our other yeah, things. Yeah, no, I didn't actively hate gone. it, no. Um, so, yeah, if you, this has piqued your interest, there are nine additional episodes other than this that you can enjoy um, and imbibe. So give it a try if you want. Um, I would say we give it a medium score (laughs) and you can take from that what you will uh so it was a pleasure as always amy i am sarah and we will see you next week in space
Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of See You Next Week in Space. This is a production by Amy and Sarah Walsh with artwork provided by Riley Brown. If you'd like to learn more about our show, please check us out at seeyounextweekinspace.com or follow us on Instagram at seeyounextweekinspace. Until the next one.